Welcome to Armchair Preaching, a podcast of the First Presbyterian Church in Lakeland, Florida. This is a podcast about God's Word, the beauty of the gospel, and what it takes to communicate that truth to others. I'm your host, Pastor Zach McGowan, and on today's episode, I'm joined by Pastor Rebecca as we open up by talking about some of our favorite things, and we dive into the weighty topic of predestination and election. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Preaching. Pastor Rebecca, welcome. Thank you. Good to be back. We are uh, we are in a new series today, and for anyone that listened to the the messages, you know it was a fairly heavy, meaty? heavy, meaty, meaty. That's mm-hmm. a better word. Heavy, <clears throat> heavy implies sad. Yes, and I think both of us did a pretty good job of. Assuring it, and comforting, and yeah, yeah, but definitely meaty, mm-hmm. and and uh, I, I know you and I talked a little bit yesterday. Generated a lot of conversations with Absolutely. with folks. But before we jump into that, okay, let's talk about something less meaty. Yes, uh, frothier. Okay, cappuccino. So, yeah. <laughs> so last week, um, we were having some technical difficulties, just letting the audience, the listeners know. We were having some technical difficulties, and while I was trying to work out the ins and outs of those technical difficulties, I needed Pastor Rebecca to do an extended sound check, and she went on to reveal she knows a fair amount of the Jack Nicholson dialogue or monologue from A Few Good Men. Yes, I do. We're not going to make you do it right now. Okay. Plus, I think we might get in trouble for that. Like, yeah, we don't broadcasting, have the rights. Right. We don't have the rights for it. So, but it did. It does. It does beg the question. Then, mm-hmm. what are our favorite movies? Right. What are those things that really light us up for one reason or another? Yes. And so that's a pretty frothy beginning. Yes, it is. Although sometimes the movies aren't very frothy. Right. So what about you, Rebecca? What are the movies that you kind of go to and you're like, man, this lights me up and, and this excites me or this challenges me? What are the ones for you? Well, I don't usually go too deep. Um, and I usually just go to certain movies that I say. Um, I don't know if they're actually my favorites or not, but I do quote a few good men. And I have a friend from seminary and we would go back and forth and as we worked in the kitchen together at the seminary and just you quote a line I quote a line and then we'd get I'd get into the bigger lines and the bigger lines and the bigger lines and (laughs) so A Few Good Men is definitely up there Um, Back to the Future oh um, love Back to the Future when I watch Gladiator I actually I predict movies and I'm pretty good at it yeah and I didn't predict that well but I was predicting it as the movie was going along and then I realized at the end no this is not gonna he's gonna die and then the rule go back to the people because this is a Roman story and I started getting excited about that so yeah that might be in there just because of the surprise factor I I I I rem- so I I think a Few Good Men is great. I don't know that I'd consider it one of my top movies, but man, Back to the Future. Whew. Yeah. That's see, you know what I love about Back to the Future? Uh you can go back to it over and yes. over again and it's just entertaining every single time. Yes. So we just got back from California and and uh we saw many Back to the Future spots while we were there. Oh, how fun. We did not see Hill Valley. We went to the Universal Backlot <laughs> tour and they were filming uh, on th- we were bummed about that, but uh, we did see uh, M- M- Marty McFly's house 
we saw Doc Brown's house. We saw Lorraine Lorraine Baines' house. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to the Twin Pines. You are my density. Yeah, density. We saw the <laughs> Twin Pines Mall. Uh, awesome. We we actually saw that in in the mall that is the Twin Pines parking lot mall. They have the Twin Pines Mall sign inside. Mm. It's been vandalized, unfortunately. But oh. Yeah, like the letter A, one of the letter A's, the letter A in mall is missing. So, oh. uh, but it does still say one. What is it? One eighteen a.m. Maybe it was the Libyans that. Maybe shot it was it. the Libyans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So Back to the Future is definitely in there for me. I I, I always mix up. Um, I always think about my favorite movies. It always goes to something a little bit more lighthearted versus something a little bit heavier. So probably my favorite movie is The King's Speech. I, I love mm-hmm. The King's Speech. I think that's just a fascinating movie. I think that's a whole the whole story of the royals in the early to mid 20th century is super fascinating. Um, I, I love that. I, I love uh, the movie The Martian. I think that's great. Matt Damon's one of my favorite actors. And I, I really I, I really like Ocean's Eleven with George Clooney and Brad Pitt. I really do. I don't know why. That's another one of those movies I can just keep going back to. And it, I'm entertained every single time that I go back to it. It says a lot about me, I know. Um, but I, I do. I love those movies. And I like the Bourne movies. Like I said, Matt, Matt Damon. I don't mm-hmm. like the later ones, but the first, the, the original trilogy is really, really good. Yes, it is. Um, so those those are my favorite. Those are in the, in, and then Back to the Future. I just can't. Anytime my kids say, hey, let's watch Back to the Future, I'm all in. Yes. 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 Turn it on. Let's watch it. <laughs> um, let's let's get into it. Because um, I think what makes a really good movie, I think like you said with A Few Good Men, is the writing is so good yes. that you can just keep going back to it. Right. And then the acting kind of is married to it so perfectly. I yes. Mean, Jack Nicholson in that role. Perfect. It, it's, I can't think of anybody else that could do that role. Right. Uh, Marty McFly, uh, Michael J. Fox is Marty McFly. Even though I know Eric Stoltz was the original Marty McFly, I can't imagine <laughs> anybody else delivering those lines. And Christopher Lloyd, the way he does it, just perfect. Yes. Um, yeah, it's 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 the it's a great marriage. So frothy material, right? Yes. <laughs> Unlike what we had to dive into this week. So we started a new series, The Order of Salutis. Both of us talked about what The Order of Salutis meant. The order, order of Salvation. Order of Salvation. I wonder, before we get into the the, mess, the messages themselves, what, what was your kind of background with this whole concept of The Order of Salutis? You're mostly raised in a Presbyterian tradition. Was mm-hmm. that something that was talked about a lot when you were in that church? I've never heard the Latin phrase, Ordo Salutis, until we had the preaching series presented. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Um, but the order of salvation and those ideas within those the order of salvation. Um, yes, I, I went to a Reformed Presbyterian college yeah. um, and learned things there, learned things through the confirmation class, uh, but it wasn't presented as this is the order of salvation. Yeah. We just learned the the things that happen within the order of salvation. Yeah, uh, mostly it's just scripture. Yeah. Uh, that was my foundation of understanding what it is. Um, but also being in Presbyterian circles, pretty good place to start is right. scripture, right? Yeah. So I had absolutely uh, growing up. I've said I've you know said this before. I grew up in a Methodist uh, pastor's home, though we were in in my 
really my, my formative years, we were in multi-denominational churches because we were on military bases. Mm-hmm. So one week there'd be a Lutheran, one week there'd be a Baptist, one week there'd be a Presbyterian, one week it would be my dad, the Methodist. And they were, I don't know if they were um, directed not to really preach divisive theological points or it was just they kind of knew that that was not going to be beneficial to Mm -hmm. a group of people but it was a lot more mere christianity type like just i mean uh type sermons so i didn't really have that theological underpinning so much uh when i went my first you know my first presbyterian church was the first presbyterian church i ever worked in but i do remember as a as a kid the idea of being presbyterian was like it was almost like an anathema, right? You, you, like Methodists. <laughs> so in my tra- in my household or my family, my extended family, it's me- mostly Methodists and then a couple Baptists. So Presby- Southern Baptists, not just Baptists, because you could be a Reformed Baptist, and that's actually a lot closer to the Presbyterian tradition. But but so to to talk about things like predestination, I mean, it was almost like a dirty word, mm-hmm. um, which you brought up in your sermon. Yeah, it was almost like you just don't. Even though, to your point. It's in the Bible. And I remember the first time I read it in the Bible as a kid, I was like, wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to talk about right. this. So when I went to a, a reform I went to Reform Theological Seminary, I heard about the Ordo Salutis. Now the Methodists have an Ordo Salutis as well, too. They just I, I don't know that it's as maybe it's more pronounced in some place. It wasn't pronounced in my ins and outs, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, the explanations to me, it was like uh, it was like the scripture and all these things that I had kind of put aside came alive, and then it do- dove into the sovereignty of God, and that that to me was the most important fundamental um, truth related to Jesus Christ as Lord. Because right. to me, the the idea that Jesus Christ is Lord means very little if God's not sovereign. Correct. And so that that was really. It was almost like a domino effect. Everything started to make a lot more sense to me. Scripture made a lot more sense. The connection between Old Testament and New Testament made a lot more sense. So I, I, I joke. This is a joke. This is a joke. So everybody listens to joke. But I, <laughs> but I jokingly say I really accepted Jesus Christ into my heart when I was 18. I accepted John Calvin into my mind when I went to seminary at 25. So <clears throat> that's a joke. Obviously, Jesus is the Lord of both the heart and the mind. But understanding how all that worked or how, how, how the continuity really was, was, was important to me. So we're getting into predestination and election this week. Yes. You're your approach what was your thought process as you're beginning to write this message we knew this was coming for a while so what was your thought process as you approached this uh, really it was a knee-jerk reaction of oh no um you know there's going to be such resistance and i'm going to have to be you know apologetic for bringing it up and and i had to work against my internal feelings like that in order to actually just preach it yeah. um and i even had to do a significant editing um of my initial rough draft to get that because it would slip through mm-hmm. um, because it is a wonderful thing to preach on I mean yeah. it's 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 God's word it's assurance it's it's God being on the throne it's fantastic um, and stop 
getting like that why, why do i even need feel the need to do that yeah. so i i had to fight against myself in writing it and just saying hey this is this is what we believe this is you know great stuff because it comes from scripture and it leads to life you know i mean it, it's it's god yeah and so preach it when i loved how you began your sermon because I think and one of the things that people, when you start talking, start using words predestination and election, I talked about this a little bit, but I really loved how you talked about um, theology is at the heart of what we believe. Mm-hmm. You, you, people, there are folks that are like, oh, I, don't, you know, I don't do the theology thing. That's just me and my Bible. But you mm-hmm. like, look, even saying the words God is good is a theological statement. Right. And then you went through a very brief, succinct, but very clear kind of breakdown of how even that statement is right. theological. And that thought, you know, I, I had I read a book recently called Discipleship as Theology, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of the book. Yeah. Um, and so that was in my head somewhere, um, those ideas that, hey, even the basic statement, God is love. Um, that means so yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. think they said in the book, God is love. I mm-hmm. mean, anyway, but that whole idea of mm-hmm. we do theology for everything. Yes. And even years ago, um, I had Bible college students come into a mission organization in New York City. I don't do theology. That's right. And so I tricked him into saying something very theological the very next statement. I said, you just did theology. That's right. And everybody else laughed at him. Uh, We can't get around it. If you want to make sense of scripture, you do theology. The Trinity itself. Yeah. You know, go ahead, try to explain the Trinity. Um, And people don't have a problem with the mystery of the Trinity, Mm -hmm. but they seem to have a problem with wrestling with predestination and election yeah. versus the other aspects of it. I do want to talk about that a little bit, the mm-hmm. the, the reaction that we got, um, because I think both of us, I don't know if it's if it's more or less than other sermons, but how, how, what was um, the reaction, what sort of reactions did you get from people following your message? Mostly positive, mm-hmm. um, saying thank you, you did a good job on that. Um, but I, I think – and then there's someone who, who is really wrestling with those topics and will continue to wrestle with those mm-hmm. topics, which I think is fine. Yeah. Um, it, it's okay for us to wrestle. People have been wrestling <laughs> since well, the all, 1500s. Yeah, right, right, um, yeah. Since we've actually made statements about it. You know, then and we're not going to clear it up, by the way. Right. <laughs> because if it could be cleared up, it would have been cleared up right. by now, but it hasn't. So, yeah. uh, so I, I'm happy to, to wrestle. And I, there's this saying that I heard – couple years ago that Jewish scholars, um, when they wrestle with uh, conflicting ideas in Scripture, like the tension between um, mercy and um, judgment, that God gets glory in the wrestling. Yeah. And I think that as we wrestle with these topics, God is getting glory. I mean, we're trying to understand who is God. We're trying to understand um, what is our relationship with God. And and I think God gets glory in that because we're we're going back and we're want we're desiring to right. know more about God we're desiring to, to be in this in in this relationship with yes. God I think uh, you know I I got I got obviously immediate reactions from from folks people I mean I had a, I had had a somebody that wanted to have a conversation immediately after the the sermon about it mm-hmm. thankfully it's it's been uh, I've gotten no real negative feedback, but like you said, it's mm-hmm. been people that are wrestling. It's it's a, it's it's a lot more of the what about questions. Well, right. What about this? Well, what about that? Well, how does how does this and that 
you know, how do those things work? Right. You know, and, and really the, the key question is how does human responsibility tie into the, the sovereignty of God and predestination and election? Right. And that's really the, the – And the, as your professor said, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. You just say yes. Yes to that verse. Yes to that verse. Yes to that verse. <laughs> and, and to your point, people – aren't comfortable leaving it there right for some reason when it comes to predestination and election while while they are with things like the trinity mm-hmm. they they are we've had conversations with a lot of people about the trinity even in our membership classes when mm-hmm. we talk about the trinity even i've talked about it in membership classes and you say well do we understand how it works no this is kind of these are all analogies that we use right and people People are okay to leave it at the mystery. Oh, okay. But then we get to predestination right. election. Like, no, no, not no, okay. No, no, okay. Why do you? I mean, I'm just gonna throw it out to you. Why do you think it is that there are certain aspects of the Bible that we're okay saying we can only explain it this far, and then the rest is a mystery? When it comes to predestination election and human responsibility, we somehow are not okay. Yeah. Even though it's the same God, even though we're the same people, do you have a do you have a, a hunch as to why people feel like that? Yeah, probably not a popular, well received <laughs> hunch, but I think it's really the church and the divisiveness of the church through the ages. Uh-huh. Um, Methodists saying, "Oh, the Presbyterians are evil people for this reason," or the Baptists, you know, or the, even the Presbyterians saying the, you know, uh, Armenians are, are evil, <laughs> evil people, people yeah. for for not believing they're not Christian, yeah. um, or some kind of negativity. And I think that filters down because we know knee jerk reaction Presbyterian. Uh oh, yeah. that's a, a dirty word. Yeah. Um, maybe people can't explain why it's a dirty word, but they already know yeah. that the, these issues aren't going to be okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. And and you really hit on that pretty pretty well. I think just saying if you know if this is not your understanding of predestination, this is not affecting your salvation. You know, I I I, I had. I had seminary professors and and colleagues that thought very differently about yes. that because it was in their was minds, it their choice or God's choice? Yeah, exactly. Well, it was also a diminishment. They felt like a diminishment of the power and the authority of God. Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 real the real uh, tragedy to that sort of attitude is it is the divisiveness, but it but it also it it reduces the people down to uh, their their theology it reduces people down to their ideologies it reduces people down to uh, agenda items rather than right. seeing people as people and understanding their background I you know I think people do have a hard time with the, the, the mystery of predestination and election and and the fact that we are given as as, as we're going to talk about the calling this week coming up the calling is uh, which you 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 jumped into a little bit in your message, that really does indicate that the choice that we make is real, mm-hmm. but it's in service to the predestination election of God. But it is a real choice. People don't like that because they want their choice to be real, independent of God. Right. I mean, free will. <clears throat> yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And Which I never said at all. We neither one yep. of us did. Neither mm-hmm. one of us used the term free will. Right. I thought that was very interesting, and and I I don't. We didn't we didn't discuss that beforehand that we, we did were not, not. It, we didn't even get into that I didn't even think that I didn't do it until just this moment yeah, hey I didn't yeah. even use that word yeah and actually it's funny because it, I don't think even in the responses that I've gotten from people that they've used the terms free will 
because we believe in free will, mm-hmm. we just don't necessarily believe in liber- what we call libertarian free will, independent of the power of God, because right. we feel like that's impossible. It's an impossibility. But I did use the word choose, 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 choose. Absolutely. Chosen. Um, yeah, yeah. So as you're, as you, you, one of the things I noticed um, when you were preaching, uh, you were just throwing out tons of scripture. I mean, you were just, <laughs> I mean, you were. There's nobody going to say there wasn't a lot of scripture in there. Right. Talk about your your approach to this path, this message as it relates to the usage of scripture versus how you might have done it with other sermons. Is there a, was there a, a difference in your mind about how you really wanted to to unpack this with scriptural merit warrant versus other times where you might go through a verse by verse by verse sort of I, unpacking of the I guess passage? if you know we had one passage and we were like if I was we were going through the lectionary mm-hmm. which for those of you who don't know what the lectionary is it's a a calendar of bible verses that a lot of uh, churches follow yeah. um, each sunday so you're given the verse and then if I'm unpacking it it would have come out very differently yeah. but we have a series that we choose and then it's sort of up to us to choose the the verses that will go with it even though there's often verses we choose that will go with it but mm-hmm. um, in retrospect uh, I don't know if this is, was going through my mind when I did it but come on people you know this is all scripture that's right you know you're going to find the word predestination you're going to find the word election over and over and over and over again um but i didn't really go into and you're going to find <laughs> yeah um our responsibility and you're going to find that we're going to be judged on our words and our actions and you're going to find like all these things that everybody's going to say but um all of them are there i mean it would just have gone on forever yeah, yeah. if i argued all the points in full yeah and it's 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 it was it's interesting that you you you, you Put the scriptures out there and you say these are what these words mean mm-hmm. they don't mean different things than what we think they mean we're not trying to create some sort of uh, uh you know uh, academic or intellectual mind trick on you mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what they mean and they don't mean anything other than that mm-hmm. and when we're when we were diving into this we did talk about this beforehand i think a, a few weeks ago just briefly saying ultimately the predestination and election, the sovereignty of God with his plan and purpose over the course of all of human history and putting those whom he chooses, chooses unto salvation at the heart of that plan, that is a great comfort. I mean, mm-hmm. both of us really – we had talked about that right? where we were like, this is not cold. So as, as, as you're kind of putting that out in a, in a, in a sermon – Versus what what might be which would be a very in, a interesting and good and profitable and beneficial uh, Bible study series. How are you wanting to form the idea that these topics of predestination election, which most people would look at and say those are cold, that makes God kind of the the big kid on the playground choosing teams, and you're and you're wanting to say no 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 no. It's it's a great comfort. How are you trying to form that so that people really take that to heart? I mean, I can think of things at the moment right now, uh, but when I was doing the sermon, um, I guess that I mean, for me, it's comforting because it comes from Scripture. Yeah. You know, this is what we believe. Um, but it gets God's plan for our lives. I mean, God 
wants to be in community with us. Everything in Scripture is about God wanting to be in community with us. And mm. uh, so that's just super duper exciting. And um, you'll get to hear a little bit about that this Sunday. So yeah. tune in this Sunday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that's God. I mean, it's God's plan. God wants us. God chose us. God yeah. redeemed us, adopted us. I mean, what is not comforting about that? Yeah. Go to the book of Ephesians. <laughs> I mean, how can comfort, you not be comforted yeah. after reading all that God has in store for us yeah. and all that God is doing currently and has done for us? I mean, it's just comforting. I mean, yeah. I, how can you not get comfort from it? <laughs> and, and one of the things I find most comforting, and we both talked about this, is is our, our really uh, unique ability as human beings to just mess up plans. Mm-hmm. We both talked about this idea that that we we are sinners, right? Mm-hmm. And we are very good at messing up plans. Mm-hmm. And and if God has not planned this out, if God and I and I I, I jokingly said, there's a, it's such a comfort that God doesn't look at at the earth and the creation and the universe and go, wow, I didn't see that coming. You know that. <laughs> I mean, if that's how God is, we're man, in trouble. That is not mm-hmm. comforting. No. That might make me feel like I'm in control, but I'm. Mm-hmm. I, that is not comforting. Right. That I'm in control of even my own, like the old from an ultimate eternal standpoint, mm-hmm. from a temporal standpoint, from the day to day. Are my choices real? Yes, but does God know those choices and ordain those choices to to His ultimate, you know, His ultimate glory and my good according to His salvation? Yes, and and so I can walk into obedience mm-hmm. knowing that even if i mess up according to i've i've sinned still that i'm ultimately not messing up the plan of god right that is a tremendous warm blanket i had a friend in seminary who would always say in the end jesus wins exactly you know and if god doesn't have control then we can't say in the we, end jesus wins we can't we right. can't we we and we that, have no hope of of heaven yeah spending eternity with god so I, I, you know, one of the one of the people I talked to after the service about this passage, you know, we were talking about this, and 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 another one of the the great um, foundations of our tradition is the idea of the perseverance of the saints, and and he was speaking from the standpoint of no, 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 you, you can there was there can be genuine belief and then genuinely falling away, mm-hmm. where we would say mm, no. <laughs> Right. No, there was no, there was no genuine belief. There might have been the warm fuzzies for a little mm-hmm. while. There might have been, uh, oh, I kind of get this uh, right. for a little. But then while. he'll be pointing to certain scriptures that talk about. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah exactly. Well, and that's the yeah. thing. But we 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 ultimately understand that from a temporal, from a, a earthly standpoint in right. our timeline, we see these things differently than mm-hmm. God sees these things. And yes. what Scripture is trying to communicate to us who, in our very finitude mm-hmm. is something infinite and eternal, which is you know a God that's not bound by time and not bound by our I wondered if you'd go there. <laughs> well, and because I, I do think that that's really key, you know, yeah. that, that – um, it, and it's so funny because C.S. Lewis is not a predestinarian by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. In what he said, he thought predestination was like an abomination of of, of scriptural understanding. However, he's also the one that said, to God, all times are eternally present. Right. <laughs> Which 
all due respect to C.S. Lewis, mm-hmm. ends with Presbyterian predestination right. and election <laughs> in mind. Because for me and for you and for every human being that's walked on the face of the planet, even the incarnate Christ, all times are not eternally present. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't want to get into how the eternal uh, temporal God becomes bound by <laughs> time and space in the incarnation, because that's another mystery that we ultimately throw our hands up and say, I, I don't I don't really know how that works. Right. <laughs> but it does because the Bible tells me so, which like to your point, so, yeah, that is a great comfort. And uh, so this week we are moving into uh, the, the conversation about calling, which you previewed a little bit in your predestination and election yes. message, which you can't And then not. I realized, uh-oh, yeah. next week, yeah. um, this could have been taken out and used next week, but... There's still a lot more to say. Yes, there's, there's still a lot, a lot more, more to say. To say. Mm-hmm. So, and and there's all sorts of directions that we could go. I'm not gonna. We're not gonna talk too much about it right now because I want to hear how you handle it, and then I, <laughs> and then how, how I'm gonna handle it. Uh, I had the benefit of actually hearing your message before I was done with my sermon. Mm-hmm. I was pretty much mostly done, so I was that was interesting. You did not have that benefit, uh, but it's gonna be a, a good weekend. And uh, you're in classic once again. I'm in Vine, and, yes. and so we'll be back again. Uh, next week to to unpack calling. Uh, I do want to make sure that people understand. I've heard people say, oh, it's great, Pastor John left uh, you and Rebecca to do this. (laughs) Well, in fairness, he had this whole series scheduled for a different time of year. So I want to let everybody know that. Uh, We rescheduled it uh, because of the seasons of the church and what we thought was most beneficial. So that was not his his original. It was God's eternal plan, obviously. That was not how John had planned it out. And uh, so don't, I don't want to Getting, him, him getting any grief for putting that on us. So anyway, if anyone has missed uh, this week's messages or previous messages, Pastor Rebecca, which I did reference your sermon, your VBS sermon in my message, because it did lead into very nicely closing out the whole conversation. I thought uh, if you missed the monumental uh, converse, uh, uh, sermons that Pastor John and Pastor Rebecca preached the previous Sunday or the kickoff to this Ordo Salutis, please check out the website fpclakeland.org and make sure you subscribe to Armchair Preaching. Go back into the archives and hear all of our conversations about what God is doing. We had a special episode with Greg Ogden that we uh, that we posted last week. So make sure you check us out on any podcast uh, distribution area, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Subscribe, like, share it with your friends. It does help a lot. Thank you, Pastor Rebecca, once Thank again. You. And we will see you guys all 